Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Matt, welcome back. Well, it's good to be back. We're three epipods into the new season. It's yeah. feeling good. A little late getting started, but now we're rolling, so baby. So far, it's been a, a fun season. You know, the first two epipods. We've had a little fun talking old Shania Twain, mm-hmm. who's back with new music. Yeah, I don't think we really knew that when we were planning that epipod. That's right. Scandalous cover to her new album. Shania has always, as we discussed, attractive, very fit, mm-hmm. you know, and she is not afraid to appear on a cover naked yeah. like she did, yeah. you know, not showing anything. Yeah, tasteful, tasteful. Tasteful, yeah. yeah. Matt, do you think she's going to keep pushing that envelope oh my about goodness. 20 years from now? <laughs> yeah. She's going to just keep on going. The cowboy hats just keep getting bigger and bigger, <laughs> covering up more and more. <laughs> <laughs> it's just her eyes yeah that's all that's all we can see <laughs> we're like we get it nice you're 77 yeah Good for we, you. we want to hear the music should i <laughs> follow that up with a little fleetwood mac that was a fun one to do so. another strong incredible woman yeah Lindsay buckingham she's really good <laughs> yeah Lindsay, band. beautiful voice <laughs> <laughs> Like we said, Stevie Nicks is the Jordan of the 96 Bulls, the comparison. So two strong women and Christine McPhee. Don't want to take away from her. We got another strong woman today, Matt. Yeah, we do. One of the strongest. We'll get to it. Yeah. Before we do, do you want to explain to all our newcomers what it is we do here on Finest Work Songs? Yeah, here on Finest Work Songs, we talk music. We talk classic albums. Uh, It could be a universally loved Rolling Stone top 50 album of all time type Mm -hmm. album, or it might be something that you and I grew up with loving and believe is classic and should be in everyone's library, or it might be something that we have a little bit of debate on. It it might be one that you think is classic and maybe I don't, and an opportunity to talk about it and just have some fun talking about music. That's what we do on Finest Work Songs. That's right. Welcome to Talking About Jams. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what if we just kept referring some of the names that didn't make it? Oh, you know, yeah. workshop them a little <laughs> bit. See if people see, are like... See if anything sticks. Yeah. You guys said talking about jams. Man, y'all, Man maybe you should change it. Y'all said tune time a lot. <laughs> Uh, we're going to launch it to the music, but what's first? We've been blessed to be able to do this show for several years now, and, and with that just comes some of the best listeners around, and so we're, we're blessed to have such good Finest Work fans along with us. Sometimes we get emails from the Finest Work fans, and you know they'll send us their deep thoughts, their concerns, their, mm. their, their sort of esoteric questions of the universe. Every now and then we'll, we'll get these emails, and we're, we just have to share them. We have to read them for the Finest Work fans, for the entire audience, and we do that in a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. This Kenny Gmail is in reference to our Prince Purple Rain epipod. Oh, nice. Yeah. I can't wait to hear. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Prince. Such a deep dive you could do with Prince. So He just triggers so much emotion in people and, and memories. And not surprised that we get emails related to that epipod. It's actually more of a comment than a question. But this one says, welcome to the world of adult dating. Oh. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's all <laughs> that's it says. It, yeah. Welcome to the world of adult dating. That's, yeah. what, that's what that person experiences when they hear Prince album. <laughs> yeah, Welcome right. to the world of adult I mean, dating. Kind of makes sense. It is pretty adult. And they've got a URL. It's loveawake.ru. Is .ru, is that Russia? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to do it on my phone and yeah, not on it. the computer yeah, there you go. that we're using to record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's powering your utilities. <laughs> yeah, my house is laptop powered. Gosh, Matt burns me every time. <laughs> what is it again? Uh, let's see, loveawake.ru. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Okay. Yep. I got to get out of this. <laughs> it says that I need to be 18. Oh. I can tell already. 
Okay. Does this person have a name? There was no name. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which well, is, that's nothing weird at all. Also, I don't know why I'm surprised. Welcome to the world of adult dating. <laughs> Walked right into that one. Yeah, right, right. Okay, well... It's hard to sift through to know which ones might be real or which ones might be sure, kind sure. of spam. Yep. Usually, they're pretty sincere and heartfelt. Along those lines, we got another one okay. for you. Probably a little bit more closer to being heartfelt. This one is in reference to our arrested development up upon. Oh, great. A lot of social commentary. That's right. Peeling back multiple layers of social justice and, yeah. and racism in the world. This one says, you ought to take part in a contest for one of the best websites on the net. I am going to highly recommend this website. Okay. That's really nice. That's kind. That's really nice. Do they know we have a podcast? Does it matter? We've got one of the best websites. Apparently. There are so many examples in the history of the world where companies started off doing one thing and then really excelled at something sort of ancillary and ends up you know doing that so, so we'll probably wrap this yeah. podcast and just, just focus on having the just, best website yeah just have the best okay. website yeah, yeah that's good so i think that's a good one maybe one more um this one is in reference to our midnight oil blue sky mining okay oh, fine. you ought to take part in a contest for one of the best websites on the net <gasps> i'm going to highly recommend this website it's a different person completely different person what yeah how do we get into this contest? And then Phoebe Bridger's Punisher. This one says, you ought to take part in a contest for one of the best websites on the net. I'm going to highly recommend this website. And these are all different These are people. all completely different people. They're saying the same thing. They're saying the exactly. same thing. We've struck a nerve. Dude, we got to uh, rethink things. I don't know what's going on with our website. We got a lot of work to we do. We are killing it. We got to get to number one. I will settle for nothing less. <laughs> I think we're well on our way based on, based on these high completely unique praises we're getting yeah. from finest work fans thank you for the encouragement yeah. everybody we would appreciate it if you would listen to the podcast <laughs> if you get so enamored by our website yeah. that you get stuck there just keep going there's yeah. podcasts awaiting whatever circuitous route it takes you to get this podcast yeah we'll take it we'll so. take it it's so good to get that kind of genuine heartfelt email from listeners like that so we appreciate it and again if you want to get one of your emails on a future epipod send us an email to our Gmail account, finestworksongs at gmail.com. All right. Like we said, we are continuing a string of strong women with this episode. Who is it that we're covering today? Today, we're going to be talking about Miss Tina Turner and her 1984 huge solo album, Private Dancing. <laughs> Before we jump in, Matt, we'd like to start with our memories. What is your memory of Tina Turner? For people of our age, the hits that were on this album, they were everywhere. And she took over MTV. What's funny about it now, looking back, is I remember knowing just enough about Tina Turner to know that she was already at that point like a veteran established star yeah with ike turner ex-husband at that point she had had hits you know in the 60s and 70s the sort of narrative around tina turner at this time was she was this newly sort of independent strong woman mm -hmm. doing her own thing and the other thing i remember was it's amazing how great she looks and how she sounds for how old she is and like then i was looking it up this week <laughs> she was 44 years old yeah she was younger than us <laughs> and back then i was like wow she's so old it reminds me of like when um you know one of those weird stats that you hear and you think that can't be right like tom Selleck guest starred on friends 
Yeah. yeah and he was like the, the old guy dating Courtney Cox. And at that point, he was like 48 years old. What? Essentially the same age I am now. But Golly. I thought, oh man, he's so old. That's crazy. He's yeah, that's it. shocking to but, me. Yeah. What about you? What's your memory of Tina Turner? Matt, as you and I both know, it's hard being the youngest in the family. Sure. But I think really the difficulty comes for the middle kid. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and go on record saying yep. that. When my older sister turned 16, our family tragically forgot her birthday. <sighs> Because yeah. her older sister, my older sister, was getting married the next day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my middle sister is just crushed by it. Understandably. Yeah. And had a pretty rough day because she, her friend sent her a sex quiz. You know, uh, just like yeah. a note. Like yeah, yeah. one of those funny notes yeah, back yeah. in yep. the 80s, right? She revealed that her crush was on this guy, Jake Ryan. Oh, man. Yeah. Somehow it got out. Note got around. And then she gets home and her day gets worse because she has to sleep on the sofa because her grandparents had a foreign exchange student right. that stayed with us. Sure. That was a big thing in the 80s. Foreign exchange foreign, students? Yeah. Well, at least 80s movies. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah better off dead. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, don't, I mean, I don't know about movies. Yeah, yeah, this real this life real. scenario. This, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Anyway, this student, his name is Long Duck Dong. Uh, my sister has to take Dong to the dance. Wild night ensues. It's a long story, but somehow this nerd ends up with her underwear. Wow. Who then takes it to a wild party. The hot dude, Jake Ryan, finds the nerd. Nerd ends up telling hot dude that my sister likes him. Mm. And hot dude had been interested. Hot dude is dating this girl who was drunk. And so they make a trade where he gets my sister's underwear, hot dude, Mm -hmm. and gives his drunken girlfriend to this younger nerd guy, right? And the nerd's like, Jake, why are you giving her up, man? I thought you loved her. Jake's like, what's love got to do with it? And the nerd was like, bruh, speaking of... (laughs) Nobody said it better than Tina Turner. Yeah. Through a long series of events, Jake ends up with my sister. He tells us about Tina Turner, and we get into that album. And so, yeah, that's how I first heard about Tina Turner's Private Dancer. Wow. There's a lot of weird science going on in that story, (laughs) for sure. It's quite the story. Man. That that movie is so problematic. Oh, my gosh. 80s kids are all starting to realize it because we're showing our teenage kids. My daughter's 15. My wife and I have been, you know, selecting some movies that we thought were kind of classic. Some key classic touchstones. Yeah. Like Porky's, Eight and a Half Weeks. <laughs> right. Or Nine and a Half Weeks. Whatever's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meatballs. Meatballs. Yeah. Wasn't that the summer camp summer version camp. of Porky's? Yeah. yeah. Porky's was a big hit. What if they go to camp? <laughs> 80s movies. We didn't know. No. That was like a fine movie comparatively. Because yeah. the sort of awkward girl gets what she wants in the end. Yeah. The message was like, yay. That's it was right. good. All ends up okay. All ends up okay. <laughs> Gosh. Honestly, my, my daughter is most shocked at how mean people were in the 80s. Oh, yeah. School culture. Yeah. Kids being making fun of and bullies and everything. They just don't have that. Both of our oldest are you know, same age and grade and, yeah. and so last year they were both freshmen i'll never forget asking my daughter first couple of weeks of school like so like at lunch do you have the jocks over here <laughs> the goths over here right. and the nerd and she just kind of looks at me like what are you talking about like yeah it was such a weird concept to her that you would have these like clicks kind of off on their own not to say there aren't clicks still, right. but like that sort of ecosystem it's burned in our brains yeah that was how we perceived it there was a lot of reality to that you know how much of that reality was influenced by john hughes movies? <laughs> yeah. you know, right. like because when we got into high school it was early 90s yeah so yeah. then we're coming fresh off with our memories of what a high school cafeteria oh, yeah. looks like here we go we're gonna start with track two what's love got to do with it
touch of your hand makes my pulse react That it's only the thrill for me and girl opposites attract It's physical Only logical You must try to talked about 1984 mm-hmm. an incredible year to put out a pop song into chart mm-hmm. but to come out with the number two song of the year three grammy awards mm-hmm. in that year is something yeah you're going against some heavy hitters in yeah. 1984 all right record of the year she beat out bruce springsteen cindy lopper huey lewis and chicago that's a murderer's row of early to mid 80s stars girls just want to have fun man don't put that up against tina turner oh, if you want to win yeah so it was Bruce, was that born in the USA? Dancing in the Dark. Dancing in the Dark, okay. Yeah. If he hadn't had Courtney Coxon's video, he might have won. <laughs> Second most popular Billboard song of the year, aside from When Doves Cry. The crazy thing is like, this song almost never made it to Tina Turner. It got sort of bandied about and bounced around and Donna Summer apparently sat on it for a while. Matt, there was a band, Bucks Fizz. Oh yeah, we all, we all know Bucks Fizz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. we'll probably do a couple of pods on this. Sure, at least one. <laughs> that had it recorded was going to release it and the only reason they didn't put it on their album is because Tina's came out first <laughs> they had decided that it wasn't suitable for a woman to sing yeah <laughs> so they had the dude sing it have you listened to it i'm not listened to it i haven't either okay but i got it queued up for Let's us so that we could see yes what we missed out on this is already better we need a bass but it needs to sound like a human yeah it needs to sound like max headroom yeah Actually, they were right. This dude's better than Tina Turner. about timing sometimes i think it still would have been a hit you think so not as big as tina yeah that chorus man yeah even with that stupid bass slapping in the background <laughs> the guy's slapping awful. the bass yeah <laughs> speaking of the bass that's one of my favorite parts of this song okay i couldn't find an isolated track but just listen to the bass kind of reggae it's not on the beat it's a little offbeat little yeah yeah so that is songwriter terry Britton. this is cool matt you know when they're writing a song and they're mm-hmm. coming up with arrangement they'll just kind of make a computer recording of a kick and a snare yep. and so then he played the bass over that the engineer said that he didn't even tune he was just like we're throwing it on there for now we're just getting <laughs> something it doesn't have to be perfect and they ended up at the end of the day using that 
And wow. so it wasn't even played to the final beat. And it still has such a good groove wow. to it. That's pretty rare that you could do something like that. The volume of the bass, it's loud enough that you notice it, you hear it, it impacts the song, but it's not so much that it overpowers and takes away from Tina. What we've seen is that behind all these hit songs, it's not just the melody mm-hmm. of the chorus. It's what's going on to, around to support it. Did you realize that a movie came out just this year called What's Love Got to Do With It? Really? And it just premiered. In September of this year. What? Yep. This a, podcast is time. We are time. It's a British romantic comedy. Oh. Not surprising with a title like that. It stars the likes of Emma Thompson and Lily James. Lily James, she's the one that's... She was uh, Cinderella. Oh, Live yeah. Action Cinderella, she was in... Downton Abbey. Uh, she was in Yesterday, oh, the yeah, Beatles right. movie that I love. Uh, she's that girl next door. She is. So Tina came in. She was going to do three tracks. They didn't like this song. It wasn't going to be a single. She was convinced that I Can't Stand the Rain was going to be the one. And so okay. they started it with this one just to get her warmed up. Really? And said that she came in to the booth and just belted out like Ike and Tina, Proud Mary, yeah. just like yeah. crushing it. And the guy was like, whoa, back off. And she said, I sing everything like this. <laughs> and he's, That's awesome. But he convinced her. He said, sing it like you're singing it in my ear. No mic. He said when she did that and backed off, that's what we have here today. That's pretty cool. That is it takes cool. a good producer to help an artist sometimes. To be able to you know, encourage and nudge an icon like that to say, yeah. you know what you've always done? Don't do that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't be Tina. Yeah. This is her only solo number one hit, and she was 44, and that made her the oldest female solo artist to place a number one single on the Hot 100. Wow. And that record stood 15 years. Okay. That's what I ask. Until Cher came in at uh, age 53 uh, with Believe. Oh, gosh. A little dance hall hit. Potentially my least favorite artist. Really? Yeah. Like of all time. Of popular music. Even when she was on that battleship. Oh, gosh. That's that's <laughs> especially when the she was worst. <laughs> that is the worst Cher. Man, I remember seeing that video. And I'm like, what, 13 or something? Yeah. And she's wearing that lingerie uh-huh. on that battleship. And all those sailors are cheering. And I just thought, this is so gross. <laughs> it wasn't like her kid on the ship with her i mean like uh, probably i feel like there's that was like another like odd part about it was like oh yeah your your child is right there with you as you're wearing that yeah on, do you, you have know. an artist that just is popular can't deal with it for my wife it's rod stewart oh yeah yeah she can't deal i'm sure i do i'm trying to think who it would be maybe we'll put that out as a question yeah. see if the listeners yeah we're going to move on to what she thought was going to be the single mm. i can't stay in the rain Against my window Bringing back sweet memories I can't stand the ride Against my window Cause he ain't here with me Hey, window pane Tell me, do you remember How sweet it used to be I don't know if Tina wrote any of the songs on the album. I don't think she did. Yeah. 
that's not a slam. That's just, that's kind of how, particularly for a solo artist at that time, that, that was a pretty common thing. Just yeah. have like, you know, it was like songwriting by committee. When it's a solo artist who's got a great voice, mm-hmm. that's what happens. Yeah. A lot of time you have a team of people. That's what makes Shania yeah. so incredible. Right. That's what makes Taylor Swift so amazing. Mm-hmm. To have the voice and the look and the chops, but also be able to truly write. Honestly, that shouldn't be shocking. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But that's just kind of the industry that they take people who have a good voice and then they give them songs yeah and that's fine there are parts of this album where gosh this clearly sounds like a different song and a different producer obviously the consistent thread is the amazing voice of tina turner driving all these songs yeah partly that's what got her here we'll talk about her backstory in a few yeah. songs but what put her back on the radar was her cover of let's stay together mm-hmm. by al green mm-hmm. and so naturally they're like hey people like this yeah let's bring you help by the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> let's put let's stay together on this yeah. one and let's get all these songs around. Yeah. This is a song by Ann Peebles originally. I can't stand the rain against my window. Bringing back sweet memories. Yeah, when the rain do you remember? good yeah i like that when i heard that i thought this is an example of the 80s ruining a song yep. <laughs> with all the the funk and hey, stuff. you know what the song needs like lots of synthesizer and fake yeah. noise and, and let's suck the soul out of the song and tina sings in the way that if you are doing a caricature of tina you would sing that way yeah, yeah, yeah. matt John Lennon dubbed this song the best song ever not the tina turner version the and people because he was already dead yes. and people's version yes the best song ever the best song ever Granted, this was during his 18-month segment where he was in L.A. with his babysitter and Uh left Yoko in New York. Yeah, he went to see her perform at the Troubadour, but he got hammered and just yelling extremely graphic stuff to her. Right. Next day, came up at the hotel and apologized. Was he with someone? Yeah, Harry Nilsson. It was Harry Nilsson. Okay, that's right. Okay, I I knew it was another contemporary of his. Yeah. And they just were blasted and... Yeah. Being inappropriate and terrible people. It's a great story about the song. They were going to a concert and on the way out, it was raining and she just snapped like, I can't stand the rain. She was with her partner was a a songwriter. Mm -hmm. So they went back inside, forgot about the concert and they decided to write something that was against all these happy weather songs. Even when I didn't like this version, I thought that's a cool concept to sing about the weather and terms of relationship and not liking it because of what it reminds you of. It's been covered a ton. Yeah. Probably most famous cover of this is by Missy Elliott. Elliott. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me 
so tight that you get our styles tangled. We're gonna have to do Missy Elliott sometime here. Oh yeah, we're talking about strong women. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get back to Tina's version. Yeah, she thought this was gonna be a hit because it had been a huge hit. I don't fully get why it's been a hit. First words, it's got that soul feel. Yeah, so I get that a I little still don't bit. Hear I still don't listen to that and go, oh yeah, that's a huge hit. I think of it as like, oh, that's a, it's a really good song. They're in the 80s. They all love that song. Mm-hmm. It's like 10 years old, but then they take it to the time. They 80s it up. For me, I it's thought, antiseptic. why is this a single? Yeah. All right, we'll keep moving on. Next, we're going to cover the title track, Private Dancer. Have a dancer. She's a hooker. <laughs> of course, there's a saxophone. Oh, yeah. Well, the men come in these places, and the men are all the same. You don't look at their faces, and you don't ask their name. Don't think of them as human. You don't think of them at all. You keep your mind on the money, keeping your eyes on the wall. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. Do what you want me to do. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. song is written by Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits. I love Dire Straits. And I think Knopfler is just so incredible. This is just a strange backstory to this. Like, to Knopfler's credit, uh-huh. I think he even said, this song should be sung by a woman. Okay. I distinctly remember one Christmas, probably 84, 85, uh-huh. getting Brothers in Arms. This song has a very Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms, saxophone That's sound right. to it. Yeah. And even lyrically, I can hear, I can him, hear singing him singing this. Yeah. But also, when I read the lyrics, yeah. so, surprise folks, it's about a prostitute right it is a very insightful song into her life you know all the men are the same you don't look at their faces you don't ask their names yeah deutsch marks or dollars american express will do nicely thank you it reveals the darkness behind someone hiring a prostitute right it's complete objectification yeah that there's no relationship at all it's just a transaction for her body so i was like oh a woman wrote this and like really captured that yeah the darkness and the emptiness of it and the struggle of the woman who's the private dancer. But then I'm like, Mark Knopfler, yeah. how'd you write this? So even on Brothers in Arms, there's a song called Your Latest Trick, which references hookers and people on the fringes of society and late nights, early mornings when streets are empty and there's you yeah. know, only a few people kind of out and about. And you're trying to navigate a weird, dark, tough world. And so, I mean, clearly that's okay. a thread kind of... Yeah. He was hanging on some seedy places. I mean, yeah. I see here that they couldn't use the original for contract reasons and so they had to come in and remake it which is just a hassle right if they're gonna go in and play it exactly the same i'm sure it was exactly the same then why not just whatever you know not didn't play on it he didn't play on his own song why instead uh, jeff beck plays on it what (laughs) i wonder why maybe he's just like i mean i'm not singing it yeah also jeff beck or maybe the contractual restriction i mean if he wrote it and i don't know but yeah apparently Knopfler once said that uh, they drafted Jeff Beck to play the world's second ugliest guitar solo. What? <laughs> and it, it's it's not a great it's not a great part. Oh, of the we song. gotta hear this. Yeah, we gotta hear this. Yeah. Yeah. 
saxophone. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a saxophone. <laughs> oh, is this Dave Matthews? Mm. Oh my gosh, get to the guitar. Where is it? I can't fast forward because there are no words to click on. Might be the world's second worst guitar solo. This is the world's first best <laughs> saxophone solo. Oh gosh. Please tell me they don't have a sax solo go into a guitar solo. Oh, here it comes. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but that even sounds like a knobbler. So if that's the second worst guitar solo, I wonder what Knopfler thinks is the first one. It was maybe his version on the original. You know, he said that, and then it's like, no, he actually is really self-deprecating. He's like, mine was the worst. <laughs> mine was worst. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, like, like that could have been anybody. He's bending notes, and yeah. it feels like there's no soul behind it. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole thing with, like, bending a note is yeah. blues, and, like, oh, yeah. there's feeling. <laughs> felt like no feeling. Uh, maybe, maybe. That's yeah. supposed to kind of represent you know, the this, oh. this song and profession. There's no feeling in what these people are doing. Knopfler is wrong. <laughs> Jeff Beck nailed it. <laughs> Honestly, though, if he had that feeling of making it kind of Just, awkward. Yeah, cold. Yeah, like, cold. It's a cold. I'm still doing the work. I'm still doing the business of it. Yeah. It's just cold and unfeeling. Good job, Jeff, Jeff Beck. Beck. Jeff Beck, Hats off it. to you. <laughs> okay. Matt, as of October 21, the video for this song has more than 34 point nine million views. Wow. Of which thirty three million are people who typed in private dancer expecting something else on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably also the video that has the most people clicking off after twenty seconds. <laughs> probably so. That's true. That's a really good point. Oh, I didn't tell you this. When I was a student teacher. Okay. This is in Fairfax, Virginia. It's nineteen ninety eight. Think of the state of the internet. Yep. So there were only computers in the library. Yep. Took my class to the library. I'm with the teacher, you know, the actual teacher. Kids are doing research. I think it was like a sociology class or something, right? right? Yeah, because they got to research a topic. And sure. it was basically like practice using the internet. Yeah. You know, I'm standing next to these kids and I asked this one girl, I said, what are you interested in? And she said, I want to be a dancer. And I was like, okay, great. Oh, you know, you. and then I turned to the kid next to me and I'm talking to him about whatever he's going to research. But then the girl behind me screams and I turn around. <laughs> and so by the time she screams and everybody turns, I'm already looking like I'm standing right next to her and looking at her. There's that. And what had popped up on the screen was because she had typed in www.dancers.com. <laughs> And so, <laughs> needless to say, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and the teacher was there. Uh, and I just like sort of backed away like, oh my gosh, you know, I got to get out of here. You know, be careful what you type in on the internet. That was my first lesson in that. I love the fact that like as humans, we have this tremendous new technology yeah. of sending information and sharing information That's right. across the world. And within like 15 seconds of it being developed, it's like, how can we get naked people pictures exactly. all over the world? Yeah. Like just, like that's where people's minds go. Like, just I wonder like if it that. was like Gutenberg invented the printing press. <laughs> They're like, look, we've got the first version of the Bible that can be used for people and everything. And then there's some dude that's like, hey man, after your shop closes, can I use that press? Yeah, I've got a new magazine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this goes back to cavemen <laughs> guys like you know riding in coal yeah right. guys like hey man let me borrow that coal yeah, man, I, <laughs> I got something to draw 
It's like it just it takes no Jeez, time at all no. for, for us to just degrade something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that. That's hysterical. Yeah, so Hey, careful. thanks for our new sponsor, www.dancers.com. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to move on to another hit, Better Be Good to Me. Kind of has that beat it. Yeah. Oh, and then, but there's that scent. Oh, it's gone. song man it's so good it's such a good song yeah what's love got to do with it was such a big hit i listen to this and just think why was this not bigger than it was this is one of those songs that you listen to the album now yeah and you get past the covers and you're like of course what's love got to do with it yeah. is good yeah, yeah it's similar to when we did lionel richie mm-hmm. like hello we're gonna love it yep. all night long mm-hmm. right yeah. but then when you get to stuck on you you remember it but that's the song for me that i thought oh my Gosh, this song is amazing. It's the same with this one. Yeah. So good. It's got the elements of the 80s. They're not so overpowering that they dilute and ruin the song. Right. In this case, they kind of enhance it. It's more tasteful. They just have that little guitar line. And that three, four notes, it's been bugging me all week. That guitar part is so uncanny to me. I've been trying to figure out what else it sounds like to me. So let me play it real quick. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out. It's the tonal quality. It's, yeah. It's, I kept going back and forth. Is it a Brian Adams song? Mm-hmm. And I think I figured out what it sounds like to me in a big country by big country. What album is that off of, man? Uh, it is off the album in Big Country. Got it. Okay. Uh, by the band Big Country. And the song is uh, In a Big Country. that some of the um personnel on this song i think were with the band the fix and so i think they're the fix dude is on better be good to me yeah so it's, there's a lot of similarity of that but regardless like it's such a great song yeah i remember hearing the song on the radio but i just don't remember it being as big a hit and it was just kind of forgotten and i love that song yeah it's so good she's not the first to do it and i want to play the first version because it shows that it's just a good song. Mm-hmm. So here it is by Spider. Should I?
Yeah. It's a great song. It's a good song. Yeah. Tina's is better because she gives them some power to the vocals. There's a feeling behind it that you believe. You mm-hmm. better be good to me. Yeah. So two of the people that wrote it, Holly Knight and Mark Chapman, were from the band Spider. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. Check this out. She is responsible for either writing or co-writing Love is a Battlefield wow. by Pat Benatar. Mm-hmm. That's it. No, just, <laughs> no, wow. She's in the Songwriters <laughs> Hall of Fame. She also wrote Love is a Battlefield, Invincible for Pat Benatar. Mm-hmm. She wrote The Best by Bonnie Tyler, and that was a number one single. She wrote with Hart, Aerosmith, Rod Stewart, Bon Jovi. Yeah, she's a monster songwriter. Wow. That's the thing, man. She was in a band called Spider. Nobody really knows her unless you dig into the credits yeah. behind. Well, you know, the other thing, I think kind of the full circle, small world element to this. Mm-hmm. So producer of this is Rupert Hine. Okay. Where have he, I heard that name? He's produced, you know, he did stuff for not only Tina Turner, but Howard Jones and Bob Geldof, The Fix, Rush, mm-hmm. Duncan Sheik. Ooh. Yeah, of course. But perhaps more notable, he wrote the soundtrack to Better Off Dead. Well, okay. There you go. <laughs> now you've got me. Yeah, now, now you're hooked. <laughs> Another one of those 80s movies that we have burned in our brains. It's brilliant. And you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, Uh, okay. Not even that bad. It's just not that good. And it's problematic. And problematic. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Okay. We haven't gotten to it, but we got to talk a little bit about Tina's backstory. Because this is seen as the greatest comeback in pop music. One of the greatest crossovers from her background. Mm -hmm. And the reason that her singing Better Be Good to Me is such a big deal is that her whole Ike and Tina career mm-hmm. is her stuck in this abusive marriage mm-hmm. and musical partnership. This is not only just her comeback album. This is her breaking free yeah. and reinventing herself and reintroducing herself to the world as a strong solo female artist all on her own without the force of Ike steering her and directing her and kind of telling her what to do. To trace the history of Tina Turner is to literally go back to the beginning of rock and roll because Ike Turner and his band, they are in the debate of recording the very first rock and roll song at Sun Studios called Rocket 88. He is the beginning of rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. And you trace his career even before Tina. He was great. And with Tina, they did some amazing things. Their version of Proud Mary will forever be the version. Yeah. But they mainly stayed on the fringes of brilliance, Mm -hmm. getting popular by covers. But they were known as like one of the best live acts. Now, this is about Tina Turner, so we're not going to get into Ike. But I'll say this. If he were not abusive, we would be revering him Mm -hmm. when you look at his discography and what he contributed to rock and roll. We would be talking about him in the same breath as Little Richard, Sam Phillips, all of that crew. He started in the 40s in the big band era. And then he went all the way into 70s rock and roll mm-hmm. and almost like uh, Sly and the Family Stone-esque. Yep. I mean, no one went through that. I don't know what he did beyond that. Like, you're a terrible person, <laughs> but we would be speaking very highly of his gifts otherwise. It's debatable whether we would have ever discovered and, and known about Tina Turner. Well, no, especially because her name is Ann Bullock. Yeah, yeah. Ike named her Tina Turner, <laughs> which they got into contractual issues when she was Tina Turner. He's basically saying, I created you. I created, I you. created your brand, gosh. which is terrible. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So Tina Turner, Anna Mae Bullock. Anna Mae Bullock. Nutbush. Yep. From Nutbush, Tennessee. She was like 18 when she met Ike. Okay. A lot of times you talk about Tina and it's like you focus on the Ike story. Yeah. She kind of gets wrapped up and lost in it. Yeah. But the album today is a great example. of She is a strong woman Mm -hmm. who escaped that. Yeah. And then was able to 
build back up mm-hmm. and not just fade away on our own. Yeah. She didn't just build back up. She built it bigger than anything they ever could have dreamed of. That's right. And so take that, Ike. Her whole look from this time forward became such an iconic look in some ways it's so quintessential 80s but like you go to like a a halloween party today yeah if someone comes in in like a short like sequin dress yep big spiky wig you immediately know that's it tina turner she not only was able to reinvent her career she was able to reinvent herself and offer this vision of what a strong independent woman could look like and be on on her own yeah you're right it's not just a look there's a persona and an attitude mm-hmm. well there's no need for us to cover the weird version of 1984 the david bowie song <laughs> or the mid as my 15 year old is now saying the mid version of help by the beatles wait mid 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 is the new that's, that's a term it's uh. like nah, it's not good now's the time that we challenge one another if you can remove a song which one would it be so what's tina gonna do tina's gonna make jeff beck come in and play a <laughs> terrible guitar solo <laughs> For you, yeah. Right. Until you, you until remove you song. remove a song okay. from, from Private Dancer. So, which one would it be for you? I can't say. I, th- I think this is a incredibly strong album. <laughs> it's top heavy with hits. There's some definite throwaways for sure. I would probably take off Help. You're not here for it. I'm not here for this. How do you cover a song like that anyway and make it better? You're not going to. That song is burned into everyone's psyche already. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to do it, you've got to do it really, really well. That's an easy one. That was an option for me. The reason that I did not choose it is because if you'd never heard the original one and you only heard this, there's a neat way that she captures the sentiment that gets lost in the original version because that. it's so catchy yeah you know because he really was dealing with a lot of yeah stuff. you know so yeah. uh, this has the emotion yeah for me it would be Honestly, I was going to leave it on because I'm like, 1984, yeah. this is of the time. Yeah. But then I went back and listened to the Bowie version, yeah. and it's great. Yeah. And I thought, man, you 1984'd this yeah. way too far. All right, we got just one thing left. Actually, no, we got something new for us. What's that? Oh, funny you should ask. We've got something new, Finest Work fans. It's a new segment we're calling Sleepers. <laughs> perfect what are we trying to wake up matt what we're doing with our new sleepers segment is and it may not happen with every epipod might may not happen with every album but it's that song that as we listen to the albums not a hit single it's not even on the charts if you're looking at like the essentials playlist on Mm -hmm. itunes or something it's not going to be on that either yeah but it's a song that as we're listening just jumps out at us it's like man why wasn't this either a bigger hit or why is it more well known than it is we started talking about from the shania twain epipod Mm -hmm. with the uh, black eyes blue tears underrated sleeper of a song Mm -hmm. now what's your sleeper off this one mine would be i might have been queen the opening track
us. Yeah, man. It's definitely 80s and it's got some 80s kind of yeah. funk to it. But then, man, that chorus. That's like a Bonnie chorus. Tyler chorus. Yeah. This is her Independence album. The most sort of autobiographical song on the album. It talks about the girl with no name, like we talked about. Yeah. Like, this is her Boys to Men Motown Philly. Yeah, that's you know? right. The song that tells your story. Yes. It's got a great hook. It's a really good hook. Yeah. We're going to start a playlist on our Spotify channel, mm-hmm. Finest Work Songs. One of those playlists is going to be Sleepers. Three Zs at the Three end, Zs. people. Yeah. Okay. Well, now it's time for your senior quote. Go to the end of the Senior year, you got your yearbook picture, and you get to put a quote beneath it that represents the road traveled, the road that lies ahead, mm-hmm. or some snarky inside joke. <laughs> Matt, what's your senior quote? My uh, senior quote from Tina Turner's Private Dancer album would be from the song Show Some Respect, and it's the lines, we don't know what's up ahead, and we can't let ourselves forget. I like that. Yeah. 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 What about you? What's your senior quote? From I Might Have Been Queen. Oh, yeah. I lived through it all, and my future is no shock to me. Yes. Because <laughs> you feel like, I've been through high school. Man, I've been through high school. I've suffered. I've lived. Yeah, I got stood up at prom. <laughs> are you, are you listening right now? Thanks again to all the Finest Work fans for listening to this and sharing it and liking us, reviewing us, all that. We appreciate all the engagement on social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, at Finest Work Songs or on our Facebook page or our website, finestworksongs.com. And also be sure to send us those emails, finestworksongs at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe we'll read one of your emails in a future Kenny email segment. All right, and until next time, we're going to take you out on another Tina classic. She's talking to Jeff Beck after he played that solo. That's what she wrote this one. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. <laughs>